When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We we have outstanding football today. Look, number one goes down, number four goes down, and it went down in Baton Rouge. Once again, I have the best job in all of sports. Let's go. It's the number one college football show. What's up, kid folks? It's RJ Young. I am not on a step mill. Thank you for watching the number one college football show, wherever it is you are watching, Fox Sports app, YouTube, listening, wherever you get your podcast. Tonight on the show, we get to recap what is one of the greatest Saturdays that I can remember in college football, starting with this shocker to moi, perhaps not to you LSU fans, as the number 10 LSU Tigers Toppled the number six Alabama Crimson Tide in Baton Rouge, 32 to 31. It was going down and it was outstanding. It started off kind of slow here, but then we got to see some outstanding little magician. Look at look at Bryce Young here. He's moving in the pocket. He's moving right. He's moving left. He moves right. He connects down the field to a wide open receiver to put them back in front. And this is just one of a handful of incredible plays made by two quarterbacks that grew up just a stone's throw apart from each other, still work out with each other. That'd be Bryce Young and one Jaden Daniels. And then here's Jaden Daniels dropping a dime in the back of the end zone in between two defenders to one Mason Taylor. That is Jason Taylor's son. Shout out to Auntie Joy Taylor, who must be losing her mind because, well, her nephew is at the center of everything that's good and golden. And then we got Jaden Daniels scrambling, outrunning Dallas Turner to the corner, getting there in the end zone, strutting in there. To force it into, hey, an opportunity to win it. Yes, Brian Kelly says we're going to go win it. And who does he hit for the two-point conversion to seal the victory 32-31, but one Mason Taylor. Again, if you are Jason Taylor or Auntie Joy Taylor, you are living your best life right now as Brian Kelly gets the win he's wanted since he started coaching. And that is over Nick Saban, 0-2, couldn't win the big game at Notre Dame. Famously left Notre Dame last year, a Yankees job to accept this job at LSU because he knew what I knew. It is the best job in the entire country. You go there, you can recruit well, you have an opportunity to win national championships. You have an opportunity to get past the man that has prevented you from winning a national championship in Nick Saban. The BCS, yeah, couldn't get it done, got drubbed there. 2020. Yeah, couldn't get it done, got drubbed there. But in Baton Rouge, a night game in Tiger Stadium, the LSU Tigers showed up with a vengeance and took a W. Took it because, no, they had an opportunity to kick an extra point, force it into a second overtime. Brian Kelly said, "Uh, uh, uh, no, no, no. We are in Louisiana where we can get the beverages with the alcohol at a drive-thru and the Harris is down the road. We go, 
roll the dice on it, and Jaden Daniels is going to come through in such a big way. This also means LSU has to be in the conversation for one of the best teams in the country. And as a two-loss SEC champion, what would that look like for the college football playoff? If anything, it has shaken up what has already been a chock-full day of stunners. And that was just the one that we began the show with. My goodness. Shout out to Bryce Young, though, who was doing everything he could. I mean, it's it's been that way for him all year. He has had to pick up the pieces and make it happen for a team that, quite frankly, has not been as disciplined or as talented as we've used to see Alabama in the years past, looking a little bit more like 2018 Alabama, which means that they're probably going to be good next year. But you got that Rainier Heisman winner back there, and LSU still managed to take them apart. If you are in Baton Rouge, please have something for me, okay? Because I am celebrating with you. Let's move from that stunner in the SEC West where LSU is in the driver's seat to play in the SEC championship game to the Independents, the GDIs, Notre Dame throttles number four Clemson 35 to 14. My goodness, Marcus Freeman having such an up and down year, man. Like a close loss to Ohio State and then you give up the bag, putting money in the bag to Marshall up, down, up, down. But this game might cure all for Notre Dame fans as they snap the nation's longest active win streak at 14 with a stomping out of the Clemson Tigers. It's not just that they won 35 to 14. It's that Clemson could not stop Notre Dame running the football. We're talking about 265 yards on the ground for the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Also in here, Notre Dame's defense came to play, but so did his special teams. They had a pick six in this game. And a punt return for touchdown. They had their sixth block punt of the season in this game. It's to the point where Notre Dame is selling out to go get that punt. And you know they're selling out to go get that punt. And there's still nothing you can do about it. If you're our special teams coach, you have to be fired up about that. And then the defense, Marcus Freeman's defense, Al Golden's defense, decided, no, 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 no. We saw what Syracuse was able to do to your quarterback position. And we're going to do it again. DJ Ui Ungalale. Starting quarterback, the guy, Cade Klubnik, went in front of people and said, this is your team, dog. You had a bad game. It's your team. Got pulled again in the third quarter by his head coach. Cade Klubnik comes in, though, and I had shades of Iowa, Ohio State. As Cade Klubnik threw a pick on his first pass of the afternoon, evening, excuse me. And then we get DJ coming back in. And what's he do but throw that pick six to Benjamin Morrison? It was that kind of day for the Clemson quarterback. Benjamin Morrison had two interceptions. Uh, a true freshman is having, like, great, what, the game of his life? I mean, number four Clemson, undefeated Clemson, 8 no Clemson, and you got two interceptions against their five-star quarterbacks? My goodness, that's the way that you want to go down if you are the Fighting Irish. Now, in addition to Notre Dame running all over Clemson, Michael Mayer, not to be confused with hockey mask Michael Meyer, out there absolutely putting on a freak show and scaring the hell out of Clemson Tigers, Caught his 16th career touchdown pass of his, uh, or, well, I should set up his career, right? I'm repeating myself at that point. But it set the school record for tight ends, which is kind of ridiculous knowing that Tyler Eifert came out of there, Kyle Rudolph has come out of there, and Notre Dame has a claim to tight end you. I mean, Iowa might fight him on that, but you get the point here is Michael Mayer is that kind of dude. Like, he can just get it done like that, and there's a lot of us that want to see him flexed out the wide receiver, kind of like Darnell Washington or one Brock Bowers, which is a great way to segue into the game of the day. That would be number one, Tennessee versus number one, Georgia, or 
excuse me, AP versus CFP, but you get what I'm saying, right? The Georgia Bulldogs looked at the college football playoff rankings and frankly, yours truly and said, oh, that's your king. They, that, that, that's your king? Cool, cool, cool. They got to come to Sanford now. And look at them getting in. We got the mailman out here absolutely running away from Tennessee volunteers and putting on the Jets and then getting up and calling up, dialing them up in the end zone at Sanford. My favorite thing is that's the benefit of feeling himself at Sanford. And then you got this punt, which I swear there have never been more tweets about a punt than this one. Go 75 yards into the coffin corner. I'm like, guys, it's a punt. It's a punt. But what followed after this gargantuan punt that took an awesome bounce to get inside the one is what we're really here to talk about, right? You had hidden hooker, you had the rights. He fumbled the football. We got an offensive lineman fall on the football. It looks like a safety to me. His whole body was down inside. And yet, no, 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 no. We got officials that be like, nah, he got, we got it fumbled to the one, or to the half yard line. Uh-huh. Sure you do. But the point was made. The Georgia Bulldogs come out in this game and said, no, 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 we're just going to man up. And if you can beat us over the top, fine. But while you're at it, we're going to have Stetson Bennett loading up to throw it deep to Lad McConkey. We got to walk on throwing TD passes to a two-star wide receiver in games that matter. And then we got the walk-on throwing over the top of Tennessee defenders into the back end zone. Look at this, man. Oh, my goodness. Look, for those of y'all that can't see it on the podcast, my man went up with two hands, brought it down in front of the end zone after Stetson Bennett threw it wherever he could catch it. It's an opportunity for me to say Kirby Smart has built his reputation on recruiting dudes that are better than your dudes, all right? So, way I look at this, yes, the location is a major factor, right? Sanford holds 93,000 fans, probably 90, what, 92.5, we got to think, are those dudes that were wearing red and chanting, go dogs, and they, man, I've been out to Sanford. It's rough. It's rough if you're not the home team, and that's because those folks in Athens take it very seriously. Look, I'm also over here, looking at Georgia as the number one team in the country on Tuesday. I don't think there's going to be any consternation about that, nor should there be, because they have the best win in all of football. If we're getting really honest about it, they might have the best two wins in the sport if you think about what Oregon has been doing since their 49-3 drubbing by the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, does Georgia have the two best wins? Yes, but does Hendon Hooker's performance merit a Heisman contender? All right. So I got some ways of looking at this. Oh, wait a second. I got to reference this on the screen for the folks on the podcast. My man Eric Ainge went out here and said, playing between the hedges is overrated. Not that loud and definitely not intimidating. It's nothing like playing in Nalen. Balls will be just fine in Athens. Uh, sir, sir, would you like to have something to say on Saturday? Turns out, yes, Eric Ainge would say, he had something else to say. He learned his lesson. The tweet reads, stadium was lit. Georgia played lights out. Great win for them and their fans. I was wrong. Great win for UGA. <laughs> and then he had a frowny face and he said, good night. Yes, I'm sure that Eric Ainge's mentions on the Twitters are not at all fun. For those of y'all that don't know, Eric Ainge is former Tennessee volunteer quarterback. So that, that it rates, right? It rates for the show, but it also rates for the sport. But back to Hinton Hooker, who's also village, well, not just a Tennessee volunteer quarterback, but could have been a Heisman winner had this game gone in his direction. It just did not. 23 of 33, 195 in, in INT. He's thrown three interceptions since November 13th of last year. Two of them are to Georgia. 
And the one that he threw in this game, frankly, ain't his fault. Keely Ringo decided, no, I've had enough of Cedric Tillman eating me up. You're going to put that ball up and you're going to try to take it over my head. No, I'm going to turn into Willie Mays and basket catch in between the hands of Cedric Tillman. Outstanding play by the hero of the national championship game just January earlier this year. Add to this, Keely Ringo hadn't had another interception since that interception in the national championship game. Big game, Keely Ringo showing out for Sawaro out there in Arizona. I got to tell you, man, I did a podcast interview with Keely back when, I want to say it was like five years ago, four years ago. The dudes still look like an outside linebacker to me, and that's what they got playing corner out there because those are the dudes that Kirby Smart has. Kirby Smart has done a great job of putting his whole DNA, his blood, into this program because I got the feeling in this game that they won 27 to 13, that it could have been 47 to 13, that it could have been 47 to six, frankly, because Tennessee didn't score a TD until the fourth quarter. It's that they would rather sit on your chest, step on your neck and strangle you defensively for an entire half of football rather than let the offense have any fun. It's as if the offense exists to be a good grad assistant to the defense. And as I tried to tell y'all in the lead up to this game and how I was going, I don't think this is going to be a game for Georgia. What happens when the unstoppable force meets the immovable object? What happens when a sports car hits a rock, hits a boulder? It gets torn in half, dog. This is a Tennessee offense that was putting up 49 points per game, drawing favorable comparisons to 2019 LSU's offense, which is ridiculous. I mean, those, those offense. And then Georgia said, no, 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 no. We get up for the big game, all right? We don't care nothing about no Kent State. We don't care nothing about no Missouri. We only care about when we are being challenged as, oh, are we good? Because we're back to what I was saying after Georgia beat the hell out of Oregon. That's the best team in college football, or so it seems, with just four weeks left to go in the regular season. Stetson Bennett's Heisman campaign took a really big bump this year. I was actually having this conversation earlier with uh, producer Kat and producer Tyler about where Stetson Bennett rates, because I got him at number five, and I felt like I had some other people that I could put there when I put out my Heisman list. Well, turns out Stetson Bennett's going to move up, Hinton Hooker's going to move down, because that's the way these things work. We got to give the Heisman, or we got to list a Heisman from Georgia, and that's we're not just going to put the entire defense from Georgia on the Heisman list. I would do it, but I don't get the vote, and I don't get a vote like that. So we're going to have to point to the mailman, who is turning 29 or whatever, maybe 47, who also is, I kid you not, a spokesman for AARP on our Heisman ballots. And we're going to have to be serious about it come the second week of November. That's ridiculous. Also, just a ridiculous performance by that Georgia defensive front. They were without Nolan Smith, who was their leader and captain on defense, and it didn't look like they missed him. If you are Tennessee, feel good about what you have done. You're not out of the college football playoff. Still, you have a chance here. There are some things because you, you need carnage after this bad loss to Georgia, and you got it. Clemson took an L, right? Alabama took an L. You can still ride the Alabama train of being, you know, the best one-loss team that everybody thinks there is without a conference championship, but you also need a little bit more carnage to happen, specifically in a place called the Big 12, which is a great way to talk about number seven, Texas Christian rallying to come back to beat Texas Tech 34 to 24 on Big Noon Saturday. Shout out to the Texas Christian Horn Frogs who showed out for Big Noon kickoff this morning. 
But it felt to me as if Texas Christian was going to try to let this game go. Because with Baron Morton starting for Texas Tech and the way that Texas Tech was able to run the football, it felt like it was going to be a thing. And then Darius Davis said, no, sir, I'm going to take this punt return all the way back to the, his house. That's my house. 4.3 second 40-yard dash that man has. He has won state championships in 400, the 200, the 4 by 4 He can fly, and he didn't even have to use all the jets to get there. And then Kendra Miller, in the second half of the game, down 17-13, says, it's my time. I am the best tailback. None of y'all national pundits are going to say out loud, say my name. It is Kendra Miller, and Kendra Miller was outstanding. Lead the, led the way with 21 carries, 158 yards. And then we had some outstanding play from Max Duggan finding this really brilliant group of wide receivers. He was 12 of 23, 195, two TDs. I think the most important part of this game is that he didn't throw an interception. That is a dude that is really coming into his own. It's giving me some real TCU Andy Dalton style of feels because it felt like he could throw this ball wherever he wanted to throw it in the second half as they were just able to wear down Texas Tech and do what you should be doing if you are contending for a Big 12 championship, let alone for a spot in the college football playoff. The TCU Horned Frogs are 9-0 for the first time since 2010. Gets better. The last time Texas Christian started the season 9-0 in 2010, they finished the season 13-0 with a Rose Bowl win. We got the ginger gunslinger, Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle, holding up the Roses at the Rose Bowl. And this time, there's a little thing called a college football playoff where they just might make it into the semifinals with a shot to be the undisputed national champions. Also going into this, as I said, Georgia is the number one team in the college football playoff rankings come Tuesday. Texas Christian is at number four. Has to be, right? You cannot put a one-loss Tennessee ahead of them. You can't put Clemson ahead of them. It's just the way it goes. Alabama took a loss. Texas Christian did what they were supposed to do. They won their clunker, 234 yards rushing as a team, which leads me to another team that won their clunker. Win your trash football games. That's what Georgia taught us about Kent State, what they taught us about Missouri, and what the Ohio State Buckeyes took to heart in the early window today, beating Northwestern 21-7 in a game they were down 7-0 for way too long. Now, off the top, I'm going to give Buckeyes fans the knowledge they want everybody to know. The conditions were ridiculous. It's like a 50-mile-an-hour gust. The ball sailing on everybody. At one point, Noah Ruggles tried to punt the football, and it was like hit a wall, like a force field. You couldn't move the ball. You couldn't judge where the ball was going. C.J. Stroud's having a hard time finding any of these receivers, and the sports car had been reduced to a rally racer. But, but it's Ohio State. So we got a 1985 Audi Quattro that says, no, I'm built for this, in the form of one Mayan Williams who was able to, especially in the second half, put the Buckeyes on his back. He had 26 rushes for 111 yards. C.J. Stroud, 10 to 26 for 79 yards passing, but also had 76 yards on the ground. There were a couple times when C.J. pulled the rock down, and I was going, oh, he's really got to do that. And you can also understand why they want that man passing the football as opposed to running the football. But you do what you got to do to get a W. That's what the name of the game is. You're going to have games where you don't play poorly. Ohio State had that game against Penn State had that game against Notre Dame, and now had that game against Northwestern. They're still very much in a fight for the Big Ten Championship in a college football playoff spot, along with one Michigan who came from behind late in the second half, not late in the second half, to start the second half against Rutgers, down 17-14. They scored 28 unanswered. So they're both still on a collision course to find out who the best team in the Big Ten is. Then 
again, back to the Big 12. Number 24, Texas holds off number 13, Kansas State, 34-27. to Bijan Robinson had a vintage Bijan Robinson performance, 30 carries, 209 yards, and a TD. This is also a game in which Quint, my goodness, look at Bijan just running away from everybody, and you cannot tackle that man. When he decides he's going at the pylon, number five is extremely hard to stop. All credit to Steve Sarkeesian has said, no, 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 I'm just going to make it simple. I'm going to hand it to the best player on our team. And that is number five, seven and a half yards deep, standing next to one Quinn Ewers. And it was happening over and over again all night. Roshan Johnson also got in there for uh, a great TD in the first half. Really enjoyed watching him and how he has adapted from playing quarterback to being an outstanding tailback for the Texas Longhorns. And this also went against a Kansas State team that, let's not be coy about it, is good. Is really good. Has beaten ranked opponents. And was in the driver's seat to have that second spot in the Big 12 championship. But now, Texas, with this win, gets Texas Christian next week in Austin. So not only could they unseat Texas Christian as a college football playoff contender, but they could very well vault themselves into the second spot for the Big 12 championship and finish with the promise that they started with. I've said it for some time. Texas has one of the most talented rosters in all of football and has the most talented roster in the Big 12. It's about whether or not they play to the level of their talent. And this is a game in which they did. Big win for them. Big win to keep them in the hunt for the Big 12 championship. And to make that game against Texas Christian mean just a little bit more if Texas Christian also wins it. Finally, Kansas. My Kansas Jayhawks. I'm saying mine because, my goodness, uh, I'm just going to toot my own horn here. Nobody was on the KU train when I was at the front of the engine in May 2021. And then Devin Neal said, hey, RJ, I got you. Today, I got you. That man went ridiculous in their 37-16 win against number 18, Oklahoma State. He had 224 rush yards and 110 receiving yards for 334 total yards. That's stupid. I don't care who you're playing at what level. Devin Neal's also the dude from around the way. He's from Lawrence doing all of this. That's awesome. Also means that the Kansas Jayhawks got their first win against a ranked opponent in over 4,400 days. Their first win against a ranked opponent since 2008. And their first year of bowl eligibility since 2008. Jayhawks, rock chalk indeed. You are going bowling in the first week of November. That's freaking awesome. How are you not fired up for that? This is a team that started out 5-0, went on three-game skid, came back looking at Oklahoma State going, they're vulnerable. We can get them. There was no Spencer Sanders in this game, for which I will grant every Oklahoma State fan that courtesy. You start a true freshman. He does fine, and all things considered. Like, I'm not down on Wrangell. I'm just going to tell you that Wrangell is not Spencer Sanders. And why should he be? Spencer Sanders has been in the system for five years, okay? Oklahoma State also had four turnovers, three of which were, yes, Wrangell. And 14 points against Kansas uh, came off of those turnovers. Also means that the Pokes were outscored by the state of Kansas. That'd be Kansas State and Kansas, 85-16. to 16, Because you'll remember Kansas State beat Oklahoma State 48-0 to just last week. All of a sudden, Oklahoma State goes from feeling like a team that is contending for a Big 12 championship and maybe a fringe college football playoff team to one that might go winless the rest of the way. They got to fix the defense quick, fast, and a hurry because all of a sudden, anybody that wants to run on them can do just that. Anybody that wants to pass on them can do just that. Meanwhile, 
Lance Leipold, the best coach in the profession that nobody gives any credit to. Really. I mean, he wins national championships at the lower divisions, goes to Buffalo, turns him into a winner, has gone to Kansas, a place that we have made jokes about, where Charlie Weiss couldn't get it done. David Beatty couldn't get it done. Turner Gill couldn't get it done. And he gets it done. Les Miles couldn't get it done. That's ridiculous. That's awesome. Quickly on the way out here, Baylor held off Oklahoma 38-35 in a game that Oklahoma felt like they were going to win. Craig Williams had 192 yards rushing in that game. Michigan State upset number 16, Illinois, 23-15. Illinois still, though, is in first place for Big Ten West to represent in the Big Ten championship game. And number five, uh, Michigan, as I've mentioned earlier, struggled in the first half, but ends up beating Rutgers 52-17. We will be back on Monday to talk about my top 25 rankings and the Associated Press top 25 rankings and whatever else it is that we did not get to cover tonight. And I'm sure there's quite a bit as there are 108 college football games today. And college football, I love you so much. Thank you for this day. I am grateful as we get closer and closer to Thanksgiving. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of the number one college football show. My thanks as always to our lead producer, Tyler Wojak, our senior producer, Catherine Donnelly. Our director is Kyle Holly. Our social media maven is Javion Duncan. Our lead of screening is Rachel Cohn. I'm the host, RJ. We will see y'all on Monday. Deuces. <laughs>